0: Hello and welcome to episode sixty-four of the Nerd Culture Podcast. I'm your host David, and with me is my co-host, all the way from America, Bo.
1: Bo, that's me. <laughs> that is I, you. How did I, I last week? I, uh, I noticed that I sounded like your robot sidekick. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I sound that way this week as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I, sound it, more, I think Americans just naturally sound more robotic than than Australians, maybe.
0: Yeah, possibly, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just a Skype thing. It'll it'll go in and out. We'll we'll live with it. It's fine. The magic of Skype. Without it, we wouldn't be able to have this, and so that's for the Therefore, I am grateful. How you doing, man?
1: Doing pretty good. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, good man. Good, good. It's uh, it's been a an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, NCP going weekly, and it's uh, it seems to be doing all right. It's not not huge numbers. Haven't gained as yeah. a huge amount of numbers, but we haven't lost anybody, and that's all that matters.
1: That's all that matters. Did you get any fan mail like saying we love that bow guy? He's so cute. Uh, they can't. They just know.
0: Funnily enough, no, we didn't. But we did get some <laughs> cool feedback that I wanted to tell you about, which I thought was pretty cool. We got a guy on Facebook who uh-huh. uh, who said that um, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was something along the lines of "Geez, Bow, you rolled over too early." Oh no, you rolled <laughs> you, you rolled over too easy. And he was talking about the Wooly versus Spidey fight, and he basically and he basically just said that you were right that Wooly should win. Um, yeah, well,
1: you, you brought up such a good point, like, right in the <laughs> beginning. I was like, ooh, nah, he might be right.
0: <laughs> yeah. <nah. laughs> so, I, but I still, I, I replied. I, I, mean, I thanked him for his comment, which I thought was awesome, and uh, it was really cool. It was really detailed. I mean, he, he figured it out. He basically just said that there'd be no way for Spidey, because it was a, an empty space. So, I think that was my mistake, make, making it an empty space. I should have made it an urban environment. I said because yeah. it was an empty space that there was no way to. Well, now I brought that
1: up, though. I brought that up. Yeah. You know, I said that he wouldn't be able to. He wouldn't be able to use his webbing on anything.
0: Yeah, that's well, that's it. But he was saying that there was no way he would be able to sneak up on Worthy. And my yeah. agree, and I agreed with that. I, I, that that's 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 totally fine. But Spidey wouldn't need to sneak up because he's Spider-Man. He would be faster. <laughs> he'd, he'd be faster anyway. But it was still cool that he had, uh that he caught it. It was awesome. But uh, and we also had a couple some more feedback, just saying that they they're really enjoying the weekly, the weekly. Episodes I thought
1: you were going to say that you had to hire yet another crew member to take care of all the fan mail that's been coming in. <laughs> it's just too much for you to handle on your own.
0: That would be freaking <laughs> awesome. That would be like one of the best things that ever happened in my life. If I ever had to get to that point. But, uh, I know, right? Nah, it, no, I have not. <laughs> we didn't get to that point. But uh, he was he was really cool. I mean, yeah, we got, like I said, some emails saying that they love on the weekly shows and stuff. So it's good. All right, well, let's move on to the pop culture news. We've got some very interesting That's- news articles in this one. It's got uh, First up, we've got the X-Men Days of Future Past trailer has come out.
1: Yes, it has come out. I am I am super excited about this too. I, I was not excited about this movie; didn't really care. And then I saw the preview, and I realized the premise behind the movie, and I really like it. Mm. What's the name of the comic that just came out? That was like the opposite of this story. The Adam storyline. Really recent, like yeah. just a few months ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. This is, this is a, the movie is actually based on uh, a story uh, from the late '80s uh, called Days of Future Past where shadow, where the future is basically gone to crap and shadow cat gets sent back in time in order to stop the assassination of Senator Kelly. It's following on the sort of the themes of that. But right. not exactly because obviously I mean it's 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 not going to be the assassination of Senator Kelly in this movie now yeah. because Senator Kelly actually appears in the first X-Men film.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah I
0: forgot yeah. about that. So so what, so I think they've changed it now to be the assassination of the president. Um, um so they're going to I think Magneto's going to try and kill President Nixon or something like that because of the Sentinel program. I'm not too sure okay. exactly what the deal is, but yeah, so basically the 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 future goes to crap and this time it's Wooly who's sent back, and it's not he's not physically sent back it's just his mind is sent back into the body of his younger self. Which is why. Oh wow! Yeah, because
1: you could do yeah. that because he's been alive that long.
0: Yeah, exactly right. It, it actually makes more sense to be Wolvie Actually, I'm not. I'm surprised that they didn't do that in the comic. It makes a lot yeah. more sense to be Wolvie. So,
1: well, it, they did some Wolverine time travel in that New Age of Ultron thing too.
0: Yeah, but that was terrible. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Age of Ultron was an absolute piece of crap. Uh, I, I'm not ashamed to say it's yeah. So the, so the trailers come out, and, and yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm like you. I was actually kind of meh about the whole movie because number three is terrible, but. I was excited for Brian sinnerer to be coming back because i don't think he's the greatest director in the world, but at least he's technically competent and he loves the x men like his love for the yeah. x men is is you know can't be denied so uh, and after seeing this trailer I, I I am fully on board I am totally totally excited to see this happening because it seems to be kind of a, me- a mesh between i mean it involves the characters from the first class yeah with the and, and original universe. that
1: was that was what really impressed me was i felt like first class was almost a relaunch of the franchise hmm. and and i kind of thought well this movie is going to be just like do we really need another relaunch of the franchises that's that was what i thought about it yeah. and then now i kind of see that this is a way of meshing those two stories
0: exactly yeah I, i'm fairly with you I, I i also thought it was it was a, a relaunch and but now they've, they've managed to combine the two of them together, which I, and it just it just it bodes well for the future I think um, yeah. I just want to go through a, a couple of things about some of the cool things I thought about the trailer so um, there's been a lot of analysis of the trailer I mean it only goes for like two and a half minutes, so it's not big yeah it's, uh, but, uh, I'm
1: on it right now it's two minutes seventeen seconds
0: yeah it's, it's pretty cool I mean one of the, one of the cool things i mean being I'm a fanboy, so one of the cool <laughs> things for me is is seeing some of the mutants. And uh, so in in the future in the future scenes you get Bishop, who is played by Omar Sy, which is pretty cool. I can't, cannot wait to see Bishop in action. Um,
1: oh wow! Yeah. There's a, so there's a sneak shot of, of Bishop.
0: Yeah. So Bishop walks walks towards the camera and he's got the M tattoo over his eye, uh-huh. which is pretty groovy. Uh, you get Sunspot. He's the guy in the black black vest with the yellow stripes. Uh, you get yeah. Warpath, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And that dude, the dude that's playing Wall his, his real name is Boo Boo Stewart, which I uh, I don't know. Boo Boo, <laughs> my name was Boo Boo. I would I'd be heading straight down to the uh, name change office. But what seems to be ex- exciting uh, the fandom more than anything is you get to see Blink, yes, played by Fan Binbin, which is uh, pretty awesome. It, I, if I actually get to see her use her uh, purple knives. I'll be a very very so we, happy man. We have Boo
1: Boo and Bing Bing in this yeah, movie. Yeah, Boo
0: Boo and Bing Bing. So that's pretty cool. So hopefully they're not just they there actually are you know got some roles some meat to their roles. Other you know unlike three where they introduced a whole bunch of all these mutants who really did nothing. I mean like you get yeah, that you was. get that scene where you see Callisto and Psylocke and whoever that bone shard guy was, who I think was meant to be kind of like marrow, but he was a guy, which is kind of weird. And they really—they basically did nothing. I mean, the the guy did had a fight scene with Wooly, but the rest of them were just pointless. Especially Psylocke. To not to have Psylocke and not use her is just insane. Yeah,
1: that's ridiculous. But I I gotta say though, if I were if I were to bet money on how big of a role those characters are going to play, I would say they're going to be above extras. Like I, I don't think I don't. There's so many characters as it is, and this movie's not going to be like four hours long. Like. I would love for them to build more into those characters. I think they're there just just for the fan just for the fan gasm of it, you know. Yeah. Um, if any of those are going to be made into more of a full fledged character, it would be Bishop. But I don't I don't know that they'll. I think they might do something with his character because um, it could even hit, you know the the storyline with Cable and Bishop and those characters are so complicated they could become their own movie. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, um, it, it might even it might even move across into the X Force movie that's on its way.
1: Oh yeah, I've, I've I've heard something about that. I don't even know any details on that
0: yet. Yeah. but So he's, he could, I, I mean, maybe he even he crosses over into the X Force movie and then gets a much much bigger role. That'd be pretty cool.
1: I could see them doing that, but I don't I don't know about the other characters though.
0: Yeah. Anyway, everyone's excited about Blink, and justifiably because she's awesome. Uh, so in the in the trailer, you also see some shots of a temple. It's uh, not exactly made very clear exactly what the temple is, but I'm pre- it's pretty safe to say that the temple is what holds the time travel device. Yeah. Um so that'll be pretty cool.
1: I would say so because the scene where they show that it's got um Professor Xavier and that's the scene where he's talking to Wolverine about about he's going to have to send him back so that we we know that based on based on that little clip this temple exists in their future, not in their past because otherwise Wolverine would already know what the temple was.
0: Yeah, exactly. Good point. Um, Iceman sporting a pretty uh, nifty goatee there. Storm kicks, uh-huh. Storm kicks a bit of ass. I mean, basically with with Halle Berry, I mean, you know, an Oscar-winning actress. Yeah. So it's like she only does the films if she's guaranteed like a, a kick-ass bit. You know what I mean? She has a moment, and uh, <laughs> I think I think that's basically going to be it. It's like the Sentinels attack them in the in in the future, and you know she has to fight them off. I think that's going to be it. She does look pretty cool yeah. with her with a haircut though.
1: Well, that brings up a, another good point: is how much do you think the future cast is going to have in this movie? Yeah. I feel like we'll see Professor Xavier and we'll see Magneto a good bit, but I don't. Everybody else, I would say they're probably just in the beginning of the movie, and then it goes on to the to the new cast.
0: Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's more. I think it'd be more on the lines of the movie will start in the future and have. Yeah an action sequence that you get, you're guaranteed an action sequence in the future at some point where yeah. we involve most likely involving the Sentinels. And then during the, during that action sequence, will we get sent back possibly with the idea that he's leaving them all to die? That would be my idea. Yeah. And so that it's, it's his last chance to change things. That's how I would have done it. Right. And so we'll see how that works out. And so he, he's, he's sent just as they're all about to die. That, that would be my idea. Um, I do like, I do like young Xavier and just how much of a, you know, depressed prick that he is. That's pretty cool. And he looks awesome with the yeah. beard and the long hair and he's all depressed and horrible and hasn't used Cerebro, cerebro for ages. It,
1: like the, how awesome is Patrick Stewart too, by the way? Yeah. Like. <laughs> what a loser. He?
0: he wasn't awesome when I met him, but that's all right. <laughs> oh
1: yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> he's
0: awesome on screen. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty cool um, you get the scene where a whole bunch of guys trying to shoot Wolverine you know it's like well that's obviously a mistake I mean look at the dude seriously would you try and take him on it Just even if he didn't realize he was you know a mutant with razor sharp right. claws I mean, I just, you just back away back away I mean you
1: might shoot him if you didn't know that he if you, did, if you didn't know that he could withstand it <laughs> like, you, you might shoot him but otherwise yeah he's too buff to do anything but shoot him <laughs>
0: You get to uh, get to see Peter Dinklage as Bolivar Trask, who's the creator of the Tools. That's pretty cool. Oh, I love Peter Dinklage; he's a legend. Um, there's some scenes of uh, a whole bunch of politicians and stuff. Now, I've read that, that it could possibly be set in Paris because that's where they talked. They had they hold the Vietnam talks, um, mm-hmm. and that's around that time. So uh, I don't know. If yeah, I'm some not... of the
1: scenes. Um, I'm... I'm rewatching it. I'm watching the trailer just over and over again as we're talking. But yeah, some of the scenes do look like they they could possibly be in Paris. The scene where like Magneto's pulling
0: the yeah. Mystique,
1: and and those those scenes with all the people running around like you know crazed idiots mm. that that could be in Paris. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's possible. And that scene where Magneto pulls pulls Mystique, um, there is some people were saying it's it's like what the hell? She couldn't have that much iron in her blood, but it's I think it's actually like she's clearly handcuffed. You see how her arms are sort of behind her back and they're not flailing. when she as she's being pulled they're not flailing around, so I think she's actually she's being handcuffed and he's he's rescuing her I mean she doesn't look too happy to be rescued, but I think it's more in the lines of <laughs> she doesn't yeah, look I'm, too pleased I'm, I'm at all much,
1: uh, trying to
0: get to that scene yeah Beast tries to take out Magneto. that tries to drown him in the fountain that's pretty cool. good to see beast again, yeah. and then you get the bit with mystique kicking some ass. As she should.
1: I just got to the handcuff scene. I see what you're saying. Her her hands never go in front of her. Yeah. Uh, they, they could be. She could be handcuffed.
0: Yeah. That's what I think's happening. So uh, yeah. So then uh, then you get this then Mystique kicking some butt, and which is pretty cool, doing the acrobatic kicking on the table and stuff, pretty groovy. And uh, yeah, and then as I love I love this bit where Professor old Professor X is talking to young Professor X through yeah. ma- through Wolverine's mind. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that that is going to be awesome, man. Yeah. I, I'm super excited about this. Super yeah. excited.
0: It's pretty cool. Can't wait for it to come out, and we'll of course be covering it when it does. All right, so yeah, let's move on. Sure. Let's move on to uh, Independence Day two. Um, you suggested this news <laughs> idea. What's the, what's the deal with this?
1: I just saw this headline and it, it raised a few questions in my mind. So apparently, a I didn't know they were making an Independence Day two movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the sequel <laughs> we had to have
1: yeah right and so that was the first thing i thought of was like do i care if they're making an independence day two movie most likely not and (laughs) did we even need an independence day two it's not like that movie ends in such a way that it may need a sequel you know yeah and it's and it's not old enough to do a remake so i mean like why are they even re like why is this series even being rebranded at all but the interesting thing about about the headline was that um, apparently the creators of in- Independence Day 2 they've made two different scripts one for if uh, Will Smith is willing to come back to the franchise and then they've made an alternate script for if Will Smith is not willing to come back <laughs> and so they don't even know if they've got Will Smith in this yet you know and do we need this movie do we need it?
0: <laughs> we don't need the movie and we also <laughs> and the amount of money they've spent on having two scripts is insane before the movie yeah. even starts production
1: yeah, the movie's not even started production yet, and they're already planning on with or without Will Smith. So this this does lead me to believe that even if we get Will Smith in Independence Day two, he he's he's probably not going to be a big role. It's gonna be it's gonna be like Harrison Ford in the new Star Wars movies. Like it, he's it's not gonna be a big role because. I'm sure they didn't rewrite the entire premise of the movie based on whether he's there or not. Yeah. They probably if he's willing to come back, then they've they've written him as some sort of side character mentor to the main character. Yeah. And they've written a version of the script where he's not there if he doesn't if he doesn't agree to sign on. <laughs>
0: I'm totally with you. I totally, totally with you.
1: <laughs> and, and and I haven't watched that movie in a long time. And I do remember thinking it was cool when I was younger. But yeah. I don't know that it would stand up now. Like I think if I watched it now, it would feel old sci-fi to me.
0: Yeah, I'm in the same boat, and I don't want to watch it again. I mean, I've, I've yeah, seen I it. don't I, was, I don't need to watch it again. I saw it a couple of times when I was younger, and you know, even then, I was there were some parts of where I was like, really,
1: it's a little too min and blacky, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's actually funny. They were showing it. I was in JB Hi-Fi, which is a uh, kind of like the equivalent of Best Buy for you guys, and. Mm-hmm. um they were showing it on the on their screens. They got, like, multiple screens around the store, and that, that was on there. And it was the bit where Jeff Goldblum character is telling his boss to leave, because he thinks the aliens are about to attack. And the voice on the guy that plays his boss is so unbelievably grating that I just left the store.
1: <laughs> that reminds me of... Have you ever watched the, T, the made... Not made for TV, but the TV-edited version of any of the Die Hard movies? No. <laughs> <laughs> they redubbed it to to take out the cuss words. They redub Bruce Willis's voice. Yeah. And so like it'll be Bruce Willis just going "Yippee-ki-yay" and then it's like a completely different voice and instead of saying "mf" it, it says like uh like "Yankee Doodle" or something. <laughs> <laughs> "Yankee like, Doodle." yippee ki Yankee Doodle."
0: Like it's a completely <laughs> different voice. <laughs> that is awesome. I must see it now.
1: Dude, they're the like they do that to a lot of movies but for some reason that one sticks out of my mind is just being the worst at it or they do the voiceovers <laughs>
0: that is gold uh i try not to watch movies on tv because yeah they get ruined yeah yeah talking about movies let's move on to popcorn junkies
1: popcorn junkies
0: I actually don't even like popcorn. I just thought it was a cool name.
1: I can't go to a movie without popcorn.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Cool.
1: Can't, can't have it. I get, get stuck yeah. in
0: my tic gums and stuff, and it's like, meh. Nah.
1: Even if I've eaten like right before we go to the movies, I've got I've to get popcorn, even if it's just to munch just a little bit during the previews. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's another thing about popcorn in the movies. Yeah. Popcorn eaters will tell you, you eat them during the previews, And then by the time the movie starts, you're done with it. (laughs) Time to move on.
0: (laughs) On that note, let's move on. Bow's up first. The Fifth Estate.
1: All right, so The Fifth Estate, I've been thinking about this for like two weeks now because I went and saw it like right after uh, we did – I think I actually saw it the night we did the last NCP. I went and saw this movie afterwards. And the thing is, it's a really good movie. Well, see, that's hard to say. (laughs) Um, See, this is the dilemma – I liked the movie a lot because the movie talks about a lot of stuff that I'm interested in. Yeah. But I want to think about it from the perspective of if you're if you're not really into that sort of like it talks a lot about Tor and um, encryption and, and like it, it has a lot of like hacker you know terminology in the movie and and you know I, I dig that and I think I like that aspect of the movie. But as a movie, if just as a movie goer going to see this, it's not that great of a movie. And and it has like a politi- It has a heavy political tone to it because, um, well, it's based on the true story of the WikiLeaks website and Julian Assange, who um, started the WikiLeaks site and made it available for whistleblowers to you know post articles and stuff. So there's a bit of a real life like political debate behind the movie, behind the ethics of what he did, and and even now to this day. He is extradited from the U.S. and he's living in the London embassy. Yeah. And if like if he goes down the street to buy a cup of coffee at a Seven Eleven, he gets arrested and possibly tried for treason. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it has a real a real life political message behind the movie. And I feel like if the movie had been made say twenty years from now, whenever either a Julian Assange. Uh, is allowed to come back into the country, or is extradited for good, or tried, or or whatever, or it dies, or whatever happens. I think the movie would feel a lot different than it does now because this is still going on. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, he can't even come home. He's actually Australian.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, he's Australian.
0: Yeah, but he, but he knows if he comes back, we'll just bow down to American pressure and hand it over.
1: They'll send them. They'll ship him right back. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's stuck in this embassy, and and the thing is is. I don't really have like an opinion, or I do, but I don't really have like a review for that sort of like the political subject behind the movie. Mm-hmm. But as a movie, I felt like first of all, the first half of the movie is really, really slow. It's really boring. Um, there's hardly any character development, and you would think that usually that part of the movie is a little slow because they're building on the on the character development. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the beginning of the movie is pretty slow just because. I don't know why it's just weird the way all the scenes are jumbled together. It's almost as if the entire first half of the movie is like a montage. Like it's it's really unusual the way they the way they put it together so fast. I mean, there can't be a scene more than a couple minutes long before it moves on to the next. You know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the very first scene of the movie I really liked. It was um, they showed like a montage of media from like stone age writing on the walls to building the printing press and then all the way to the internet so they the evolution of what media is and how we distribute media Mm -hmm. um, until it landed on like today you know media is distributed you know through the internet really more than even television and so i i thought that montage was good and it and it leads into the movie well but then from there it just it just kind of falls off for a while until you get to about the middle of the movie where it really picks up and it gets into like more of the dilemma behind like Julian Assange he wants to make this information that's been hidden by the government public but the dilemma is there's names I- involved in um, in the articles because you know people are telling the story as it is and Julian doesn't want to censor it because censoring it shows bias like he feels like if he cuts the names out he's only showing 95% he's not showing 100% mm. and the dedication behind the website is to show 100% of the whistleblower's article, right? Hmm. And so the dilemma is the names that get released, like people start getting killed and stuff because like, you know, they can put enough information together based on the information that wasn't censored out. They can put enough information together to figure out who the whistleblower was. And then like, you know, they can like either arrest them or knock them off or whatever they need to do to, to make sure that person doesn't talk again. Right. Yep. I forget the guy's name in real life, but the other character in the movie, um, Assange is like, uh, it's not really a partner. He didn't start the website with him, but he was he was there for like sort of the key build up of the website, like when it was really getting popular. He was he was sort of the key, you know, sidekick. And um, this guy's belief was, well, we could post it, but we should take the names out. That way, the is still there. Um, and so the whole like last half of the movie is sort of based on this dilemma. And like it actually gets really intense, and, it, and it's a pretty cool moral, like you know, controversy. But in the end, I felt like the movie was not biased enough. So, <laughs> which seems which seems weird, but because you want it to be non-biased, just as if just like WikiLeaks was non-biased, right? Yeah. Like Julian Assange in real life, he came out against the movie because he said it's going to be heavily biased. I mean, it's the the movie actually was based on a book written by the other guy not Julian Assange but his uh, his partner. Mm. And so I mean you got to think well it's going to be skewed based on his view of the story which which is true. I mean it's basically like they tried to tell a non-biased view of this guy's complete side of the story. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And and the thing is is like that's great for like a documentary or something but for a movie we need to feel like we're going in some direction. Like we need to feel like there's a clear evil and there's a clear like there's none of that in this movie. It's so non-biased that it doesn't feel like a movie. Like you almost feel like you're watching like reenactments of a documentary. It, it was it's new. It's non-biased to a flaw. Yeah. I was going to rate it a. I'm thinking a two out of five, mm-hmm. and I think that rating is biased because. If it <laughs> had, <laughs> I think that rating is biased because if it hadn't have been about. Something that I was interested in, like if this movie had been about NASCAR and like, <laughs> and it was the same kind of movie, like had the same flow to it and the same non-character development, I would have said it was a one out of five. But because it's about something I'm interested in and kind of a, a dilemma going on on the internet that I'm interested in, you know, I kind of I probably do give it a higher rating than it really deserves. I would say most people are not going to like this movie.
0: Fair enough. Awesome. Thanks, dude. That was very comprehensive. I'm definitely not going to say. it. <laughs> i just don't have time for that crap it was not five out of five i don't want to see it no it's not true it's not. cool let's move on to my Pokemon it's going to be blackfish uh, blackfish is actually a documentary that was released in october this year um it's gained notoriety on the internet especially uh, there's a bunch bunch of celebs that have sort of come up behind it and said that you know see SeaWorld is bad and should be shut down based on the the findings of this documentary. Um, it basically deals with a killer whale named Tilikum and SeaWorld. What SeaWorld does to gain these whales and what they do with them while while they've got these whales and then the consequences of those actions. I wanted I wanted to see it because Tilikum and I are basically almost the same age. So til- or every, everything that Tilikum's done during his career I've known about. And uh, it's, I, I find it quite. He's actually more. He I know him more than I know the probably the most famous killer whale, Shamu, or, or Free or Willie from Free Willy. <laughs> anyway, I don't want that to pop <laughs> in my head. Um, but uh, Tilikum is probably most famous because of his uh, murder of trainer Dawn Branshaw last year. And uh, it's a lot of uh, Sea World basically came out to say that uh, it was Dawn's fault that uh, she died because it, uh, of various reasons. And that upset a lot of people because a lot of people who knew Dawn, and more importantly, the people who were there and saw it, knew that that right. was bullshit. And it's, it was just, it was fascinating to me to how to to the media, the quite obvious media spin that SeaWorld put on it at the time. So even even though I wasn't there and I didn't see it, you could, you could tell that they were quite clearly lying. So when I heard about this this documentary, I was I was fascinated to hear to, to hear about it because I knew that Tilikum had been involved in incidents earlier that have also been reported, which were also reported as, you know, accidents. Um, so this documentary puts together basically a timeline of uh, Tillicum's life, from, for, starting from when he is first captured out in the wild and talks to the guy who was part of the crew who captured Tillicum. And this guy is like, like your typical sort of hard man. He's like a, he looks like a pirate. I think his name's Joe or something, but he's he basically just like someone you just wouldn't want to mess with, right? and he almost started crying when he described the incident of when Tilikum was captured because uh, he was just so moved by how the whales acted that he, he was just he was overcome and it, that that blew me away i was like oh you know it's just, this is amazing I, was, I never i never realized the killer whales or orcas behave this way i mean they 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 behave more human than human really and so then it sort of follows Tilikum's uh, Tilikum's life as he's sort of moved from Facility to facility, and sort of things that happen, and basically paints a picture of why he did, he did what he did. And what I find fascinating about this documentary is that if this was a documentary of a serial killer, you uh-huh. would you would definitely see the the signs. Like I mean, serial serial killers have been documented so well. That it's you know they've basically they've come up with the rules to you know you know you know the the, the kid's going to be a serial killer because he damn it he hurts animals as a kid and you know he likes to set fires and you know all that sort of stuff the the sort of the the profiler type stuff all of these could be applied to to Tilikum it was it was inevitable that he was going to do something because he is emotionally damaged and he's emotionally damaged because of how he was treated as when he was young and your heart just goes out to the poor, to the poor guy. It's like it's when, it, when it eventually makes its way to, to the climax of his murder of Dawn. I mean, it's bad. I mean, obviously you, you, do, you didn't want anything to happen to her and, and obviously some, some sort of punishment is due. But you can, un, you can almost understand why. I mean, it becomes, he, he becomes almost human. And it's like, well, now I understand why, what happened. And it's, it's really quite, quite powerful stuff. And strangely enough, he's actually still in action. <laughs> it's, it's, i mean Tilikum is actually still in use but he's almost in prison it's it basically he's he's kept in a pen at the back alone while the other whales do their business and then he's just sort of pulled out just to sort of show everybody that he's still around and still alive and he's sort of he does a bow and then he's put back into his pen again so he's actually he's now imprisoned at sea world and there's a big movement of, of people trying to get him out like get him back out into the ocean and release them it's not a perfect documentary it does it it does the usual sort of documentary type tricks where it's got musical cues um, and sort of some clever editing to, in to sort of sort of get your emotions going and, and that sort of stuff annoys me because the, like the, the footage of, of him and Dawn just before he kills her, you know, it's like it's got this really dramatic Jaws type music and I just, I thought that was in bad taste personally. Um, and that does also doesn't get any, uh, any of SeaWorld's side other than from their media releases. Fair enough, it's because SeaWorld refused to cooperate, but... It's it's so now uh, to use your word biased against against SeaWorld that it's it would be important to get their side of the story. So it paints them definitely as the villain. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying they're not. I mean, I do I do think they are. There's enough evidence to suggest that they are the villain. But you still need to hear. I mean, you're, you're still innocent until proven guilty. Right. Um, but I do recommend seeing it. I don't I don't sort of follow the the celebs in saying that SeaWorld should be shut down because of it. But they definitely, definitely should be brought to task for it. There is certain certain things that they've that they've done that is documented, that is clearly illegal, and nothing's being done about it. It's just it's just not good enough. In terms of the, just the documentary itself, uh, I give it um, three and a half out of five. looks. check it out. All right, cool. I mean, to give you an idea of just how of just how evil sort of Sea World is sort of portrayed. Not only did they blame Dawn for, for the accident, they basically said it was her fault, but on the day of her funeral, they were back in action. They reopened and had shows going. And it's like, yeah. that's just poor taste, man. I mean, it's not illegal. <laughs> it's just poor taste. Now, before we, before we finish the, the popcorn jokies, I just want to have a, a special mention of uh, a film that I saw recently called House of Bad. Um, it is a, a sort of a horror thriller film that is sort of doing the rounds and has, has gotten quite a, quite a few plaudits in sort of uh, festivals and stuff like that. And we were contacted by the commercial team for House of Bad and asked to to look at it and review it. And um, I'm actually going to have an interview with the director of House of Bad, Jim Towns, in our next episode, which is uh, pretty exciting stuff. Um, I did watch it. And, uh, it was interesting, and I can see why it's getting the pull that it's getting. It wasn't really for me, not really my, my type of film, but I can see why people were liking it uh, It's going to be released by Osiris Entertainment on December 3rd on uh, DVD, which is pretty exciting, so it's basically a, it's a privately made there was no, uh, no backing behind it it was privately made, and it's now getting picked up for, you know, full distribution which is pretty impressive stuff I mean, you've got to admire that, and I'm um, looking forward to the interview Okay, so let's move on to Contest of Champions
1: Alright Ladies and gentlemen
0: Pretty exciting. Now, our last contest of champions ended uh, ended in my victory. Spidey versus Wolverine. Spidey took it out. There was some feedback, as we mentioned at the start of the show. There was some feedback about it, which was, it was very exciting. Um, and we've had some people uh, writing about uh, our current contest of champions, which is James T. Kirk, the original series James T. Kirk, versus Han Solo, the uh, the new Hope version of Han Solo. We've had.
1: Yeah, yeah. I want to hear that. I wanted to give me some uh, give me some ideas for mine.
0: All right, cool. Uh, Super Marcy, who has said that it's Han Solo all the way because Han shoots first. <laughs> right. And uh, we also had another another comment of uh, a sim- basically a similar comment um, by another Twitter user, but basically saying Han because Han would shoot first. But we also interesting. We had a, a really interesting one from a, another Twitter follower called uh, Oz Podcasters, and they said that it would be Kirk because Kirk. Because Hans no warrior, and Kirk is, so Kirk would take him out. So yeah, that's
1: what I think. I'll I thought that you know. was interesting.
0: <laughs> so uh, so I'm going to go. I'm going to be uh, Hans' champion. Bo's going to be Kirk's champion. And this is the this is the scenario. I thought I, th- I thought a better scenario than we did for Spider and I, I don't think I did the Spider and Wolvie scenario very well. So we're going to do it this way. It's been reported that Han has some cargo that the Federation wants or needs, in order to save some lives on a planet. There's like there's a whole planet of people dying from some disease. Han has the cure in his cargo. He doesn't know that, but the Federation does, and so they want his cargo. Kirk beams down to Tatooine, where it's reported that Han is, just outside the cantina. Goes into the cantina. Sure enough, Han is there. It's before the Greedo incident. It's before Luke and Ben show up. Kirk goes in. His target is to go and speak to Han, but of course he gets distracted by the twins that are at the, at the bar, goes up for a bit of a chat.
1: He's all like, So, uh, I see that you're, from the neck down, you're almost like a human. <laughs> is that completely accurate?
0: That's awesome. Are there
1: any more of these spots? <laughs> the rest of your body. <laughs> Have you ever seen the inside of a spaceship? <laughs> <laughs>
0: He notices Han, who is his original uh, target, and you know Kirk. He's all business. Goes over to Han and says,
1: "Are you the Han Solo?" <laughs>
0: yeah, who's, who, it, it depends who's talking. This <laughs> turned into a play.
1: The Federation. I don't <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> to cut a long story short, because now we're just embarrassing ourselves. Yeah. Um, Kirk, Kirk realizes that Han's not going to come along voluntarily and has to arrest him. So Kirk makes the first move.
1: Okay. So Kirk would obviously follow Federation, you know, guidelines. He wouldn't just like blast <laughs> Han Solo and the smithereens with his phaser set all the way up or anything. Yeah. Right. And and I know what your counter is gonna be to that. Hans would shoot first. Han, <laughs> Hans Hans would retaliate. He wouldn't let he wouldn't let Kirk just just take him in. Yeah. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Hans <laughs> Hans Han definitely
0: would shoot first.
1: Yes, I also think that Kirk wouldn't get just taken out like he would go into this situation prepared that Hans may shoot first
0: yeah that's good that that is a good point. Kirk is all about the the strategy, so yeah. uh yeah, no definitely he, he definitely know knowing Han, he obviously would have read up on him before he got there, so he yeah. knows that Han would definitely shoot first because that's the type of dude that he is. Not obviously not counting, you know, Lucas's alterations later on. So it's original original movie. <laughs> so yeah, so, so I reckon I reckon Han would take a shot, but not. But he's, he's we're not talking Greedo here. So I mean, he doesn't know who Kirk is. He doesn't know he's a bounty hunter. He didn't mention Jabba like Greedo stupidly did. He would take a shot, and he would be first. He'd be quick quick on the draw before Kirk would even mm-hmm. react. But he wouldn't shoot to kill. You
1: think so? I, I, I don't think-,
0: think he would shoot to kill.
1: I think you're right. I think you're right because he knows that Kirk is coming from a place of authority, not just not just some other smuggler that's trying to collect money.
0: Like, yeah, that's what I think it is. So I mean, because Kirk originally just said, "I just need to talk to you. Are you, Han Solo. I need to talk to you." He didn't say, "I'm taking you in automatically." So he'd shoot. It'd be something like he'd shoot for the arm or something like that. Now the thing with Han is he definitely is the fastest. I don't. I, he, there's no. There's no denying that he's a faster shot than Kirk. But I don't yeah. think he's as maybe he's not as good I mean, his accuracy is not the best. Let's face it. I mean, you can see the evidence throughout the movies is he shoots wild. He shoots, there's, there's no real accuracy yeah, and here. And have I mean, you
1: ever seen a Starfleet officer miss, you know? So he, like, exactly.
0: Yeah. So. yeah. so I reckon he would shoot and try to shoot, shoot to wound and would hit, you know, something ineffectual like the hip or something or the shoulder or something like that. So Kirk's still in the game.
1: I don't even know that he would even hit Kirk. I think that Kirk is prepared enough to to miss it. Now, let's talk about this. So this is a little different than uh, Wolverine versus Spider-Man because they both have powers. Like, essentially, these two are the same, you know, mortality level. They're just, uh, they're different mentally and physically. Kirk is not as fast. You know, I can agree with that but Kirk's probably more accurate and I think Kirk is more calculated than Hans. Yeah. And I think in this scenario, I think I think that Kirk would expect to maybe have to shoot Hans. And so I feel like I feel like Hans shoots first, misses Kirk, Kirk goes right back into a stun and stuns him.
0: Yeah, I can totally go with that. Hans goes for a shot, he's obviously first, he misses because Kirk expects it, dodges out of the way, whatever the case may be. Goes in, goes goes for the stun, but I don't think he's actually going to get the stun. I don't think he's going to get the stun shot because Han Han has a, a documented luck ability. Like, so his luck is based on the force. So Han, okay. Han d- despite him not realizing it, he he's actually a force user where he has this sort of this natural sort of luck sort of thing, which is why he's able to get away with all the rascally stuff that he gets away with. So I actually, I actually think Kirk's shot would miss as well.
1: You don't think that Kirk has a similar A similar type of luck because think back to the charlie x episode Uh where this guy can just completely just think somebody out of existence yeah and yet kirk gets toe-to-toe with him and just tells him to get off of his ship or whatever he, he does but i mean he charlie x never thinks kirk out of existence and all he has to do is all he has to do is give the thought
0: I don't, think that's, had- I don't think that's luck, though. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with the artist. I wouldn't call that luck. I would call that authority. Like, Charlie... I mean, Charlie is still just a child. And Kirk is the man. You know what I mean? If Kirk told you to do something, you would do it. Even if you were a bad guy. I mean, you'd still at least think twice. It's like, oh, this guy's going to kick my ass. So, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie doesn't think him out of existence because he's afraid of Kirk's authority. And I, I think that's pretty much shown in the episode. But I'm, I'm with you. I, I, don't think, I don't think Kirk has the same sort of luck power that, kirk, that for the for once of a, a better well, word. It,
1: it just in general the star wars universe is a, is a much more mystical universe than the i mean the, yeah. the federation universe is, is our universe you know
0: yeah yeah no i'm with you there all right well, this is this is how i think it would go down so han shoots first kirk dodges because he's a you know, superior and knew what was going to happen but I also just just say I, I think kirk would also miss or if he doesn't miss not stun Han hard, uh, hard enough to actually knock him out and then it gets down to fisticuffs.
1: Oh, okay, so we're getting down to no weapons. We're getting down to
0: no weapons.
1: I don't really know how good Han is with Hand to Hand. I
0: don't think he's very good at all. I, mean Return, yeah, of I the, mean, Return of the Jedi, he gets taken out by Ewoks, for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, really. There's nothing in any of the films, and we're only going from the film universe, there's nothing in any of the films that indicate that yeah. Han knows how to fight. In the books exactly. there is, in the expanded universe there is, but not in the actual films themselves. Well, so I think it's not- come down to fisticuffs, and I, I hate to say it because I'm actually meant to be on Han's side here, but I right. think if it comes down to, to fist on fist, Kirk's got it.
1: I think so. I think that we've seen enough in the show of Kirk proving that he's, you know, he's hand-to-hand capable. Yeah. And I can't think of a single scene from the movies with Han. Well, you just said that, so I don't need to say any of that. But, but I'm agreeing with
0: what you. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, he's a rogue. He's well. He's you know, he's well built. He's, he's imposing. I have no, idea, you know, I have no doubt in my mind that he he would be able to you know take people on physically. I mean, I have no doubt about that. I mean, surely he wrestles chewy every now and again. You know what I mean? No, no, no. Double entendres, you know, indicated there. But, I mean, I just <laughs> you know, as, as hesitant as I am to do it because I like to win. I think we actually get down to a, to a knockout, you know, knockout brawl where the canteen is the canteen is destroyed because these two are going at it. It would take a while, but I think Kirk in the end is quite clearly a superior fighter, and Hans going down.
1: He just needs a rock or something to hit him on the head with.
0: Oh, he just, you just just use one of those steel mugs, yeah, one of those bottles of blue milk. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so I know this is a bit unorthodox, but actually, I'm actually giving this fight to you. All right. Yeah, I think this contest is. I think I think Kirk's got. Well, it.
1: I was I was kind of coming to the until you said that you almost you almost didn't win, but we almost had a draw because I was beginning to believe that they are such a close matchup that it would be impossible for us to determine, you know, which one ever has a leg over the other. But I think you're onto something with the hand to hand combat thing. We've never even seen that, yeah. you know, case of Han.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've seen him punch that Imperial officer over the gantry in Return of the Jedi. So he's got a pretty impressive one punch hit. That's not bad. Oh, that is true. But he still does get taken down by the other Ewoks. Whereas Kirk, he just takes on all comers. I mean, the only time, the only fight that Kirk's ever had, which I actually think no. is is overrated, is versus the Gorn. Like he does alright for a while against the Gorn, a superior opponent, but then he runs away.
1: <laughs> well, the Gorn scene is just is just very hokey and made fun of a lot. <laughs> um, the uh, the thing the thing is too about Kirk is: are we talking? Are we talking his shirt is ripped or not ripped? Because oh, his shirt he's is clearly has, ripped. Yeah, he's he has a, like, plus seven advantage if his shirt is ripped.
0: Yeah, yeah so, can't, so Han's got the Force luck power. Kirk's got the, once his shirt is ripped, he's, yeah. his bonuses go up for sure. He goes into Berserker Rage.
1: I do want to put on the record, the only reason why I agreed with you on the Han's Force power thing, without giving you any flack about it, was that uh, I remember that from the, uh, the Star Wars tabletop D&D game. Yeah. Um, he did have he did have a bit of a force force ability. There you go.
0: See, no, it's it's documented. It is actually officially canon that Luke has a right. that Han has a, a luck ability. So, there you go. Anyway, so we've declared our winner. It is Kirk. A pretty close margin, but still Kirk, I reckon.
1: You're coming with me, Han. Dead or alive. Nice. <laughs>
0: and, I, then I, course, I, and then I, of, I of course, and then of course, after I, the I, fight, he goes 20. straight. he, goes, he goes straight back to the twins. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, now that he's out of the way, show me all these spots again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So the winner is Kirk. Let us know what you think. Just uh, write in and see if we got it right. Uh, if you think Han should have won it, explain why I'm willing to accept it, because I want to win. But in this in this case, unfortunately, <laughs> I have lost. And uh, Kirk has pulled off a victory. For our next contest of champions, I've actually got a bit of a, a surprise one. Bo doesn't know about this yet, so his reaction is going to be genuine. For the all next right. one, I want to do... The Fantastic Four versus The Incredibles.
1: Oh, good God. <laughs> I don't even know what The Incredibles powers are. <laughs> are you
0: to go watch it? Have you not seen the
1: film? No, I've never seen The Incredibles.
0: Oh, dude, check it out. See, see The Incredibles. This will be your excuse. The Incredibles is basically The Fantastic Four, really. But through, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking at
1: pictures. I can already <laughs> see the similarity.
0: So, uh, Fantastic Four versus The Incredibles. Now, because it's The, the, the FF and The Incredibles, it's not going to be to the death. It's just going to be to the capture.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so it kill off the Incredibles. That would just be too pretty-
0: <laughs> I, that, would, that would just traumatise too many people. Any kids that are listening, <laughs> um, so yeah. So the Fantasy Four versus the Incredibles. Chucking your votes, let us know. We'll give you the uh, contact details at the end of the episode. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. Um, I'm really, really rapt that people sort of uh, wrote in about the Kirk versus Han one. So yeah. So let us know what you think. It's just uh, FF capturing the Incredibles or vice versa. Who would pull it off? And when I say FF, I mean Johnny, Thin, Invisible yep. Woman, and Reed Richards. None of this alternate rubbish. when are going to bring in the,
1: uh, whenever Spider-Man was with yeah, the Yeah, Wolvie and
0: Spidey and Ghost Rider, for Christ, sake <laughs> like, were on the team. That sort of stuff. It's the classic four original members. And no Franklin either. Because if Franklin's in the team, then that's, that's the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so just those four versus the Incredibles. Although I will note that the Incredibles does include the baby. Keep that in mind the babies what included what's the baby's power? you'll feel, when you see the movie you'll see what you'll see why i had to include that all right so let's move on to azerothian times
1: the azerothian time i don't really have an intro i was just i was just trying to take over <laughs> <laughs> all right so this week on the azerothian times i have a few uh, we'll say philosophical questions for you All right, hit me uh, None of these are officially implemented um but these are just two ideas that have been brought up over the course of the last two weeks or so and um they're getting a lot of hype on the internet. All right, so the first one, account-wide professions.
0: If just just a a quick explanation of what professions are is is you can make stuff. So, um just like real world, you can make you can have tailors, engineers, you know, miners, that sort mm-hmm. of stuff, alchemy, that sort of stuff. Currently, you have two professions Two main professions per uh, character, and then you can have the what are called the minor professions, which are the boring ones like cooking and fishing and stuff.
1: Right. You uh, you train it, and then you grind it out for, like, forever. I freaking hate professions. Yeah. And then once you get to top level, you thought you were going to make a whole crap load of go- gold off of it, and you really don't make that much. And <laughs> I'm telling you all the downsides <laughs> of it. <laughs> But basically, you do this for each one of your characters. So if you if you have four alts, or in the case of, of David, if you have twenty five alts, then <laughs> you have to do that. Would be fifty professions. I do
0: want to point uh, out that I actually have forty characters.
1: You do you really have forty characters? I, I
0: really do have forty characters.
1: That's re- ridiculous. <laughs> I almost cursed. We don't curse on the show. <laughs> but I have I have two alts that are like really like I have. I probably have like 10 characters, but two of them are like the ones that like matter. Hmm. And one of them, the professions, oh, both of them have full professions, but I really only pay attention to the professions on one of the characters. It's just too much for me to keep up with, to try to, to keep <laughs> up with four professions, you know? So I don't know if I'm for putting professions account wide, just because then you're bound to only having two. Yeah. On the other hand, I am for it because I pretty much only pay attention to two. You
0: know? Yeah, that makes sense.
1: I mean, are you the same way? You seem to balance multiple characters better than I do.
0: Um, Well, I've got... Basically, the way I've made it is that I have... I mean, like I said, I have 40 characters. You're only allowed to have... Well, actually, no, I've got more than that. I've got 44 characters. Because you can have 11 per server, and I've got 11 on four different servers. And so I've got 44 characters. And what I've done is each server has each has one of each profession so I have a, a 600 tailor a 600 blacksmith so on and so forth but for each server and then I don't double up on any of the production professions I only double up on the gathering professions so mining and herbalism and stuff like that um, right I mainly only do it for a fun in terms of engineering I love engineering because engineering lets you create sort of wacky objects that you really have no real use to the game but Just, you know, some cool stuff, including pets, which is pretty cool. Um, Engineering does look fun. Yeah, engineering is is a lot of fun. I find the other stuff incredibly boring. So tailoring, leatherworking, blacksmithing, that sort of stuff. Uh, They're just incredibly boring. But I do them so that I can then create the armor and stuff for my, my lower level characters. I don't do that so much anymore because of the heirloom armor. So I don't need that anymore, really. And so I've I've completely lost interest. When I first started in the game, I was all about the profs and leveling characters and all that sort of stuff. I spent an insane amount of time on that sort of stuff. Now, all I ever do is just mine or herb gather and just basically ignore the others.
1: You bring up a good point that because of heirlooms, because of the way the Timeless Isle works, where you can ship stuff to your other characters, are mm. professions as needed as they were, you know, four years ago? Yeah. Um, and, so, and so maybe that's why this change is not that all that absurd, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. The,
1: the only thing is it's going to get pushed back for the same thing we talked about two weeks ago, where now they're lowering the barrier of entry even lower. Like, now it's going to be even easier to play WoW in your spare time because you don't have to dedicate all this time to professions, which with me in my personal life, that's great. I pretty much play WoW two days a week. But the community was built around you do this all the time. Like this is not your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and I think wow is going in a different direction. I don't necessarily think it's a bad one, but if this, if this change would definitely reflect that, like if they were to make it so that you have two professions account wide and you don't need to learn anymore, that's definitely like, there's no question that's making the game easier, you know? Yeah. Well, not easier. Easier is probably not even the right turn. I, I take back what I said. Because it's not hard to grind this out. It's it's annoying more than anything.
0: Yeah, it is annoying. My my interest in this in this profession account wide thing is is very very low because I just I mean the professions thing for me doesn't really mean anything anymore. I mean it doesn't make sense law wise. I'm a big law fan, so to have one character have access to all these professions doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I think the way they've got it at the moment is perfectly fine. We we'll just just leave it alone. Um, but yeah. if they do change it, I'm not going to be upset about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm at that point. Yeah, it, it...
1: it wouldn't really change my game much at all, just because professions are so like they're not as important as they used to be. Yeah. Now, what uh,
0: what, what would what would change my game though is your is your next point, which is the scalable classic dungeons.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I could see me and you doing this a lot. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of in the same vein as what flex rating is. They came out with flex, which is like based on however many people you bring with you to a raid. The the raid is is scaled accordingly. Now it's not; it doesn't change your gear score or anything like that. But basically, they're trying to make raids a little more flexible. Um, well, hence the name Flex, a little more flexible for people to just jump into and you know see that content where people may not have saw that content before. Mm. Um, I think that this is kind of similar to that, but it's but it's kind of in the opposite terms. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of older content that they spent a lot of time making. And, I mean, let's face it, I don't feel like we're getting a whole lot of new players in the game right now. Mm. I think that people that that play WoW right now are coming back to WoW. Like, you've got 90 levels to go through. I don't think a whole lot of people are just going to start now for the first time, you know? Yeah. And so there's a lot of this older content that people aren't seeing. And there was a video floating around on the internet. Now, I don't know if this was on, like, a test realm. It had to be, I guess. Yeah, I think it was a PTR. Um, this guy... Clicks on his little teleport bar, and there's an option to teleport to uh, home I think I can't remember. Yeah. And he just teleports to this dungeon. He thinks that oh, this is the uh, this is super easy. I'm a death knight. I'm just going to pull everything in this room. And then whenever he does, he dies. And the guy's like shocked, like whoa, how did how did I die? Like I'm level 90. These things are like level 25 or whatever the heck they are. Yeah. And then he looks at his gear and he realizes all of his gear is scaled based on that raid and so he's basically essentially like playing this as if he were at level yeah which is a neat concept
0: it i mean because we can yeah.
1: go we could go back and do all these all these old raids that you know you remember being fun yeah no, i'm
0: i'm totally with it I, I i like like you said at the start i reckon we should we will be doing this for sure if it turns out to be true it hasn't been confirmed by by blizzard yet but I'm with you. I mean, there's there's so many. I've got so many memories of cool moments of you know mm-hmm. of leveling the characters and going into these things and and like we said uh, in the last Azerothian times, there was you know there was prerequisites to get into like molten core and stuff and yeah you know that sort of stuff. I miss that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? I want it to be an option, not a, a setting stone sort of thing. But
1: I feel like it would be because yeah. it, it it seems like he did it through a raid finder kind of window. So I feel like yeah. it would be.
0: But I I, I, really, I really look forward to it. The the chance to have a group go through Molten Core again, I think would be mm-hmm. awesome.
1: Now what about the uh what about the old five man dungeons that they like made shorter? Like don't you wish that you could do like the original Sunken Temple again instead of the new short version?
0: Oh yeah, I I really miss the original versions of, of the dungeons, mainly because yeah, you know, I'm used to doing them. Um yeah. I'm not a big fan of huge, huge dungeons. There is a couple of dungeons where you just it just takes too goddamn long to get through it. In, in, I love in, that though. Yeah. Man. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, I, I, think, I think I'd say probably Black Temple is probably the best example of it. To go through Black, Black Temple, yeah, to go through it completely just takes forever. And yeah, it does. I'm just not in the mood for that sort of stuff. But, I just, you know, I as love a group. Like
1: roaming around for the first time, like we don't know where we're yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. thing is huge, you
0: know? That would be awesome. Like the very first time I ever went to Karazan, I was like, this is magnificent. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think this is a cool idea. I hope they do implement it, and I, for one, will be definitely be doing it.
1: I think it's a cool idea. Now, the only thing I don't like about it is the scalable gear thing. Like, it should but just be some sort of it. equation where it scales down, but it still... Your current gear still plays a part in that equation.
0: Yeah. yeah they probably won't do that, because it'll be too hard, but, yeah, <laughs> it, makes it makes sense yeah. to do that. Uh, and our next item is the Warcraft movie. Yes, um, there's, it's pretty exciting, because BlizzCon's coming up uh, very soon, and uh, they've got some Warcraft movie announcements, uh, but leading up to that, they've already had some announcements. Mm-hmm. Want to hear us with that?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, first of all, it is, and this was all the speculation online, but it has been officially announced that it is going to be live action, Yep. which uh, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah.
0: Well, honestly. it's going to be heavy, of- heavy, thin- heavy CGI for sure.
1: Has to be. Has yeah. to be. I, I, I'm, I'm really on the fence about it, because We've seen, like, judging by the Mrs. Pandaria trailers, or, or um, I'm sorry, digital uh, video intros or whatever they're called, um, we've seen that they can do really in-depth stuff. And, and they did that just as an intro. If they spent, if they spent the amount of time and money um, that it would take to make a movie, it would be good. Yeah. I don't need it to be real people. Like, it would be CG. But I think if it is CG, the outside of the Blizzard community, the people that are not already fans of this wouldn't take it seriously i yeah. think i think with it being with it being live action you know it's it's taken more seriously
0: i think the reason why they've gone this route is because animated films uh, whether it's right or wrong is generally considered to be for kids it's very hard to produce exactly. a adult orientated adult film and if you're doing a warcraft film it has to be rated m or higher and so to have a an adult orientated animated film—it's just not going to sell. And so they've made—they've made the right business decision, in my opinion, to make it live right. action. Um, and there's—I mean, there's not i have got nothing wrong with it. I mean, Lord of the Rings worked, and this—this this can work. And it's, and it, it's, and that it's that Duncan Jones, so up. it can't be that bad.
1: Yeah, I was going to bring up Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings—you know—it was—it was heavily CG'd, but a lot of it was actually still miniatures. Yeah, and. It, in a way, it wasn't. It was a nice blend of CG miniatures and then live actors. Yeah. And I feel like they could do that with this film. Blizzard has a ton of money. I don't feel like this movie is going to have that budget no, that Lord not. of the Rings did. Yeah, I agree. It's, and so I think it's going to be hard to. It's going to be hard to draw that comparison, even though. That's what I want it to be. Like, what I want the the World of Warcraft movie to be is comparable to Lord of the Rings. Like, I want it to look like that just with the lore of, of, wow, that would be the perfect movie for me. Um, But I just think that's really hard. If they were spending that kind of budget, the movie would be taking longer to make, and we would have already heard about more rumors than this prior to now. You know what I mean? Like, they would have been working on this for, like, ten years, and they would – Pouring everything into it, you know. Well, there's
0: going to be there's going to be footage at BlizzCon, so that'll be very exciting to see.
1: Oh my goodness, yeah. That, yeah. Um, is so, that official? Yeah, Duncan, that Duncan Jones
0: rumor? is. Yep, he's got an entire panel based on the film, just on the film. And uh, there's a rumor that Travis Fimmel will also be appearing, but whether I mean he might me might be busy. Who knows?
1: Yeah, that's the other announcement. Is that Travis Fimmel, Colin Farrell, and Paula Patton? Very elf looking. I could see her being some kind of night elf. She'd definitely, Man. she'd be
0: a night owl for sure Travis Fimmel is confirmed um, So he's definitely going to be in there And he's one of the, there's four, four main characters And he's going to be one of those So you have to assume he'll be a human paladin or something like that um, Right And Colin Farrell and Paula Patton are uh, rumoured They're circling around So they haven't been confirmed as of yet um, Yeah, so that's, that's pretty exciting stuff And uh, we'll, obviously we'll find out more at uh, BlizzCon which is, which is coming up Alright, so let's uh, move on to coming soon So Coming Soon is where we discuss the films that are coming up uh, in the week between this episode and the next. Uh, normally, I just do the Australian stuff because it's normally just Australian stuff. But because we have uh, Mr. America himself on the, on the show, <laughs> he's going to do the American releases. So first up, the Australian releases, which are coming out November 7th, we get The Counselor, which is... Uh, I saw you mentioned, we mentioned this because you guys got it a, a week ago. This is yeah. um, Ridley Scott's film. When you were first talking about it, I was like, nah, don't care. But now I've seen the trailer, I am interested, man. I am in. So we also get The Fifth Estate, funnily enough. <laughs> uh, there you go. Which I'll ignore. Um, uh, <laughs> Mr. Pip, which I know nothing about. I have no idea. And Insidious, Chapter 2. So it, once again, it continues on. And it's just been confirmed that there's going to be an Insidious, Chapter 3. So Indeed. I don't know. But the guy who created it, he's actually uh, Australian. He would... He's obviously got uh, his finger on the pulse when it comes to modern horror, whether you like right. it or not. But he's—I mean—he's right. obviously he's doing all right for himself. And uh, what have you got for American releases? Uh,
1: we have a whole lot. The highlights—the uh, biggest one is Ender's Game—is uh, actually already out. It came out—it came out uh, this weekend. Last Vegas, which I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> Some chick flick called About Time, which oh no, About things. Time!
0: About Time is uh, is very exciting. It's uh, it's a time travel story. A Time Travel love story. So where really? he Yeah, he has the ability to go he sort of gets into this, steps into this closet and he can go back in time a certain amount, like not a huge amount, he can't pick where he needs to go, but he sort of goes back a certain period. And um. Um, what he does is he uses it to fix mistakes because he's he's a bumbling Englishman and he has no idea. He basically he he's trying to he's with his girlfriend and whenever there's an argument or he's done something stupid or whatever the case, he'll sort of, he'll just go back and then do the alternate version of it. Yeah. But then sometimes the alternate version is not all He's not up. much better either. So, yeah, right, so yeah. So it's a romantic comedy. Oh, I'm interested.
1: Uh and uh, I don't know what this is, but it's got a really cool looking cover. Mr. Nobody. Do you know anything about that? No. It looks really cool. Mr. Cool. Nobody. Go. Cool. Uh The Broken Circle Breakdown and Big Sur. And that's it. Go.
0: <laughs> <Yeah, cool. laughs> very exciting. Ender's game, game. Just very go. very, in very game. briefly, let's touch on Ender's Game, just very, very quickly. Are you yeah. gonna go see it?
1: Yes, yes, I'm going to go see it.
0: There you go. So, so even involving the whole Austin Scott card crap, you're still going yes. to you to pay money. You're not going to download it. You're actually going to go see it. Uh,
1: I don't know. I might go. I might download it. Well, see, here's the thing. I have a have a homosexual uncle and one of my best friends is homosexual, and I I, I brought the dilemma up to them, and they're like, "Dude, I'm going to see that movie. I don't even care." Like. <laughs> That's awesome! It's, uh, I'm probably gonna go see it with my gay uncle and gay best friend. So uh, maybe that'll be my way of of, of sticking it to them <laughs>
0: Yeah. See, no, I like that. That is cool. That's cool. because so the reason I bring it up is because it's 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 getting more and more traction here because it hasn't it hasn't come out yet. And when it does, I think it's going to cause a bit of a bit of a stir. And and you know, there's all those websites and sort of you know, ban, don't go to Ender's Game and all that boycott yeah. and all that sort of bullshit. And um Richo has declared that he's not going to go see it um because of that reason and uh I'm torn I, I I'm really really torn I've got I've got some some gay friends who are very upset about it and so because they're upset I'm upset but when I really think about it it doesn't it doesn't really affect me personally and so I'm sort of I'm sort of torn about it but I mean the thing is the thing is for me I'm I'm actually in an easy situation because I actually didn't like the book and I have no interest in the film and so I'm not Look, then one. I
1: would go. Then that would be enough for me not to go. Because yeah. like, but at the same time, there's probably a lot of movies that we enjoyed that was made by people that had different, you know, different oh, political views than we do, you. You've know?
0: totally hit it. Thank you very much. That that, that is basically my my sort of counter argument to it is that as much as I I agree with the people who are upset by it and their reasons for being upset, I'm also yeah. I'm also thinking if I. If I had to look at the personal opinions of every single creator of every comic book, movie that I enjoy, I would be able yeah. to see anything. Because I mean, there's so many arseholes out there. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example: Charlton Heston had mm-hmm. was extremely pro pro gun.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Was so totally. was so
0: anti the the taking away of the guns and you know there's you know school shootings and stuff and he was like man who cares you yeah. know he was just very very horrible about it. But yeah, god yeah. Damn it, I'm still not going to stop watching Planet of the Apes. One of the greatest science fiction films ever made. It's, it's just that's what it's doing is if I had to worry about the personal thoughts of every single creator, I couldn't enjoy anything.
1: Like like what you're saying, it's hard to it's hard to make the argument because you don't want to seem like you agree with his view because because I don't. Oh no, I, mean,
0: I, no, I, I don't. No sane person would agree with his views.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's just I, I still kind of want to see the movie. And hmm. and the movie wasn't necessarily made by him. I mean, he wrote the book that inspired the movie, but I mean, it's not like his movie, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, he still gets profits from it, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. He's a I producer, mean, he is, so he's still going to get money. I told, I told you, you should do, like, I'm saying this to, to you and the listeners, like, you should do what you feel you know, morally obligated to do, like you should do what's right for you. Yeah. In my situation, I'm going to sit with my gay best friend and my gay uncle and, and we're going to have a
0: good time. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's awesome. Um, I'm not going to see uh, let's finish up. So don't forget you can contact us, uh, via website at www.nerdculturepodcast.com. Email at feedback at com, Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash nerdculturepodcast. Twitter at nerdculturecask. Um, or you can Skype at Nerd Culture Podcasts, leave a message uh, if you have a question, you just have some sort of comment you want to say, whatever the case may be, leave a message, we'll play it on the show. And don't forget you can, you can also rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Most importantly, though, we are an Amazon affiliate. So that means that if you go to our website, we have an Amazon widget on there. If you buy anything through the widget, it doesn't cost you anything extra. Uh, but we get a slice of the profits. We get a cut under the table. And uh, it's not a huge cut, but it still it means a lot to us. Um, there's been a, a people that have been doing it. Um, I really, really, really appreciate it. I don't see who you are. I do see what you're buying, though. I, I don't judge. I'm not here to judge you. But uh, I, I, it doesn't cost you any extra, and, and we really, really appreciate it. So thank you to the people that have been using it. If you want to hear more of Bo, you can do that at... ECNradio.com Yep, check it out. Very cool. He's got multiple podcasts on there. I don't know how you have time to do all these podcasts, dude. It's insane. I
1: don't have time, man.
0: But uh, the main podcast is ECN Radio, but but you can also uh, check out his other podcasts on uh, The Walking Dead. Um, and our combination podcast So if you want to hear more of both of us together And our whippy repartee uh, Check us out on filmflams.com Custom commentaries for films And stuff like that Our last one was The Exorcist And our next one will be The Shining So it's pretty exciting stuff
1: The Shining is going to be a lot of fun
0: The Shining is going to be awesome I watched Room 237 again And goddamn, the documentary sucks But I uh, I'm going
1: to watch it again
0: <laughs> So that's it for episode 64 That's it from me and from Bo.
1: So, you thought Han shot first? Bye. Bye.